tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Are you sure? Are you both sure? <laughs> hey, sure. we're we're in the middle of the same. I wouldn't say the same. It just seems like it's getting worse day by day. Um, so, short of saying, no, my hair is on fire and my anxiety level is on one hundred, and I am unsure of what tomorrow may bring. I'm fine. Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, here's something. Before we get into all of that, um, I have a, um, I have something I need to say to Darrell. So, Chanessa, uh, brace yourself, okay? Okay. Uh, Darrell, there is a yes. posting on Facebook, and regarding Coachella. And I'm not sure whether you remember this posting that you put up 20 hours ago. Yes. But but I'm having I'm, I'm questioning some things in terms of Darrell K. Douglas not choosing <laughs> the Sunday with Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson and Luther Vandross and the Whispers and Teddy Pendergrass and Lionel Richie and shall I say more. So before we get into all of the COVID stuff, let's talk about the Coachella. <laughs> no, I'm I'm having a problem with your choice, sir. So here so here was my thinking behind it. So I don't know mm-hmm. if, if those of y'all out there and on 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 the line too have ever been to a Prince concert, but I did I did once in 2014. He was at uh, he was at the Essence Fest in New Orleans, and he didn't come on until like 1 a.m. And at first I was like, that's disrespectful, you know? Like who does that? <laughs> it was the most electrifying experience I've ever had. So that kind of made it easy for me. I was like, okay, I'm going with Francis. I don't care about everybody. And Patty LaBelle's on there too, so I was good. <laughs> we may have what to have you, some why, why, why are you questioning? Why are you questioning his choice? He made the right choice. <laughs> okay, so now I have to question two things when you're off the line. <laughs> Apparently... I'm dealing with some people I thought I knew a little bit, but you know, you Stevie Wonder. Let me let me say it again. Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, Luther Vandross, Luther Vandross, Teddy Pendergrass, <laughs> The Whispers. Listen. I'll be sure. I could just say the Jacksons. Okay, I mean, so I have I have seen Prince 29 times in my lifetime. I have driven from Detroit to Chicago in a Ford Festiva with no radio um, to see him perform. I have waited in a stadium for three hours with a cardboard cutout of him on the stage. And so um, I will tell you, when he passed, I felt like a part of me died. And I'm just going to be honest because 
it, it, it really was a big part of my life. Um, I literally spent from the time I was 17 until I was like uh, in my early 40s, every chance I could see Prince, I would see Prince. And the only time I did not get to see him is when he was in Vegas and I refused to pay $350 a ticket. I just, mm, I love you, boo, but that was just too much. <laughs> Wow. Okay, Where again, um, <laughs> go ahead, Darrell. I was going to say, do you, you know, Michael, Whitney, and Prince, I remember where I was with each of them when I found yeah. out that they had passed. With um, yeah. Michael, I was in the 99 cents only store on Westheimer, and they were playing his music back to back. And I'm like, what are they? Is it his birthday? Is it what? And they announced, like, <laughs> Michael died. Whitney, mm-hmm. <laughs> with Whitney, I was living in Dallas, and me and some friends were, I mean, it had to be 2.30 in the morning. We were at some pizza place, and some guy came up and was like, did y'all hear about Whitney? Whitney died. And I was like, don't play. Stop it. And with Prince, I was uh, walking into work, and I was living in Seattle, and one of my colleagues who also liked Prince, you know, she walked by and hear me, hear my headphones. You could hear through the through the headphones, you could hear his music. And she was like, "Yeah, did you hear about Prince?" It's like, wow. So those those three. So again, uh, to the listening audience, I'm not sure who's going to be here next <laughs> week, but <laughs> 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 I'm questioning some decisions. I'm questioning my own, no, I, I my will, own right now. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I'm I'm with Darrell. I know each of the moments when I learned of their death, and I will tell you when Prince died, I had to go home. I had to leave work, so because um, I was no good to anybody. Um, you know, and so yeah. So anyway, great choice, yes. Darrell. I have the entire catalog should you like to borrow some things I have some of the unplugged things as well so let's not let her shame us (laughs) you know what again we will all talk (laughs) once this is over okay (laughs) because Stevie Wonder Michael Jackson Luther Vandross the Jackson 5 I mean seriously Teddy Pendergrass I mean maybe you guys don't know about Teddy Pendergrass (laughs) She's not too young. That's okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I'm questioning who your president is right now and who you guys chose. So, let's go ahead. And we're going to go into what's happening right now in America. You know, we wanted to kind of... Um, lighten the mood to start because it's a lot of heavy things going on right now. And, of course, we are all aware of the surge in um, Texas in particular. Uh, Houston, you know, if if we're being very specific. So when you guys found out about the surge and the second wave, in essence, what were your thoughts when you – kind of started hearing the news and, you know, hearing just different things about what was happening in Texas. And now, of course, the governor is kind of trying to kind of take things back and walk back some of the things that he declared in April. So, you know, uh, Darrell, tell me what were your thoughts? I think it hit me when I saw that the European Union is refusing travel from the United States, like, Wow. wow, like have we reached that level where the rest of the world is looking at America like, yeah, you know, um, I, I can't say I was surprised, you know, sadly, people are not following the rules. They're, they're just, just that people aren't wearing masks. People are, you know, since this started, we had a funeral in my family that was just open, you know, just regular. Uh, two weeks later, that same branch of the family had a pool party to celebrate uh, uh, 
a graduation of one of my cousins, and they're advertising a barbecue that they're doing next week and selling T-shirts. And I'm just like, you know what? Y'all are grown. I'm tired of talking. I'm tired of sharing links in the family uh, group text. I'm just, yeah, I I can't say I was surprised. Janessa? Yeah, I mean, the the stay-at-home order never ended for me and my family, uh, for my family and I at all, um, because just true to nature, we knew that there would be a surge um, just by the virtue of 29 mm-hmm. million people um, that you have said, get back out there, and you, you said get back out there as soon as possible to make this money to turn this tax, right, for these cities and for um, everyone. I, I expected this, Um Honestly, I expected it by Memorial Day. Um, so I will say um, at least I was wrong by a couple of weeks. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's to be expected. I, uh, why why Governor Abbott is so surprised is alarming to me. Um, and why government officials are so surprised is alarming to me. It's 29 million people here. There's only 8.4 million people in New York. We're literally almost three times the size of New York, and you thought we would not eventually get to a critical critical surge? That makes no sense. So or maybe do you, you believe that we it, is Texas for- prepared? No, we're not. No, no, no. It, it's, you know, it's a free-for-all. You know, I was just on the phone with one of my friends who's a school board member, and they are literally considering opening schools, yet their school board meetings are on Zoom. So it's like, what does that look like? And sadly, some of the consideration has had to be, on one hand, you have schools closed, and, you know, the students have to attend school from home, but then now you need child care for the the work, the parents who have to go to work, even if that work is virtual, or do you open the schools knowing that children are, are apparently less susceptible to it, even though they can bring it home to Mima and Papa? I mean, this is it's it's unreal. I cannot believe this is a reality. I feel like I'm going to wake up from it one day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, the, the, rea- the reality is we're dealing with um, the fact that our healthcare infrastructure is not sufficient, even for 10%, let alone, I'm sorry, even for 5%, let alone the numbers we're seeing right now to take over our hospital beds. And what people are taking really weird comfort in, I'll tell you, for example, in Houston, they're like, oh, in the in these Houston hospitals, only 24% of the ICU beds are COVID-19 um, patients. Well, yeah. what they're not looking at is the other 78%, over 60% of those individuals also have COVID, but they have other underlying health conditions that are being exacerbated by COVID. Hey, I've got a bad, I've got um, a heart flutter or I've got a irregular heartbeat. Now that I've contracted COVID, it has caused congestion that's leading to heart failure. Okay. Right. So for whatever reason, our, our government did not factor that in that this disease would make those individuals more susceptible to ICU needs. Final piece I will say about hospitals, hospitals are a revenue center. And if we have not, if you don't recognize that, let me hit you to that. Like right now, when they've decided that elective surgeries are canceled, they have let go about 20 to 30% of their nursing staff as well as technicians, 
they are now furloughed or laid off or however you want to call it, and those physicians are laid off. They're not being transitioned wow. on COVID-19 patients. All they're doing is freeing up bed space and room, but the, the, that means the doctor who's the internal medicine doctor who's seen patients in the ER or seen patients in the COVID wing, his job just got harder because I'm a surgeon and I only do elective procedures or I am a physician and I only see patients who need elective procedures. I am not rolling up my sleeves to become a part of this. Hmm. And so that's the part that they're also not telling us because the more and more that you, when you cancel elective surgeries, they cancel a whole lot of things at a hospital, and those that means the rest of the staff gets stretched even further. Wow. So, 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 what do you guys think of the president's response, as well as uh, the governor, Governor Abbott's response to the increase in the number of cases? Because oftentimes people will say, of course you have more cases, you have more testing. If we do less testing, we won't have more cases, which does okay. not make sense. Let's, let's, but I'm let's, just... let's clarify, um, let's clarify um, that, that um, what comes before the, the testing is to confirm the cases. The testing doesn't cause the case, cases, okay? So let's stop using stupid math that our president wants to use because he's a simple-minded individual. Um, the testing just reveals the cases, which we do need to know where the cases are so that we can do contact tracing and identify how many people have been exposed. So for him to make the decisions that he made most recently, cutting off federal funding for testing here in, in Texas, he did that out of making himself look better. He doesn't care if we are tested or not. What he does care about is the numbers climbing because they just reflect poorly on him. It's not about the loss of human life. And Terrell, what's your take on the Governor, Governor Abbott's response to all of this? You know, it's all political and it's disgusting. You know, to see the governor, you know, and, and Ted Cruz even sort of backing this lady up there with Chanessa and in in her neck of the woods, he owned the salon, you know, and then only to have to walk it back because they were wrong and everyone said they would be wrong. And to see this sort of orchestrated response, it's, it's really, it's wild, you know, to think, I don't think the reality of what we're going through has set in. I think mm -hmm. the fact that people have to wear masks. There's a, there's a disease going around, and you can't leave your house unless you're wearing a mask, and there's so much uncertainty. And, you know, I, I keep going back to growing up, you know, I often look at my parents as these all-knowing individuals, and the first time I saw, like, oh, mom doesn't know, you know, what's going on, or mom can't help me with my homework. I'll never forget. It was multiplying fractions, uh, fifth grade. And that's kind of the way I feel right now with the government. I feel like I've brought my homework home, and I've said, hey, I don't remember how to do this. And the government is showing itself just to be, I don't know, I feel like we're at the end of the yellow brick road, and we peeked behind the curtain. And there's just a guy there, you know, holding a microphone. This this is all. It feels like they uh, made a choice, though. They did they, make they a made choice. A choice. There, there was a choice oh, yeah. being made in, in the halls <laughs> behind closed doors in the second meeting. Yeah. You know, everybody's invited to the first meeting. <laughs> yeah. Any of us have been in corporate America. That first meeting is just, you know, we're just talking. But that second meeting is the real meeting. You know, the people who stay behind, that's the real meeting. And it yeah. feels like they made a specific choice to say, we're going to do what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Well, right. I think it's, but how do it, go ahead, it's, when, it's when people have made decisions that um, made the strongest survive, right? Because that's the approach that was taken. Um, 
he even, he even said that people are going to contract this. We are going to have high cases. He said that when he got resistance from the mayors and other local officials on reopening so soon, if you recall that. Um, so I think that there was, for the GOP, um, there appears to be an acceptable level of death that I'm not sure where their thresholds are. Like, what's their, what, um, you know, is, is 250,000 too many? I, I, I'm not clear because for me, um, over 10,000 is too many, and definitely 129,000 is too many. So I'm really not clear where their humanity lies. <clears throat> I would, I would add to that. I, it's clear they don't have a plan, like at all. No, like, I'm looking at. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say you're right. No, there is no federal plan. Correct. You know, I mean, when we have hurricanes, you kind of know the drill, right? Kind of know what to expect. We hunker down for X amount of time. It passes. You know, there's some insurance claims. There's some people going to get flooded, you know, and then we deal with it. And it just, it feels like this is like this sustained thing. I'm looking at the freeway right now, and it's packed, 28, you know, and it's like, have we reached a point where, the novelty and the newness is gone, and people are there's a phenomenon brought you know that that's sort of brought on when people think stuff maybe people think it doesn't apply to them. I remember in the in the weeks immediately following the quarantine, I mean there were no cars on the road, right people really did hunker down, and it just feels like maybe yeah, people are just. I think that no but but I think there's three things that are at play. One, there is no federal or state plan. Um, that that's for sure. And quite frankly, there needs to be a federal plan. When we look at countries who have gotten this virus under as much check as possible, where they are able to reopen and they are able to function, the thing that it is clear is that there was a top-down plan and that everybody fell in line. There was not this, well, I'm going to allow the mayor of Houston to make the decision versus the mayor of Dallas versus the mayor of McKinney. It literally is a top-down plan, a orchestrated, concerted plan. We all can't get in the car and drive different directions, but that's what we're doing. Right. Yes. When we're right. trying to get to the same destination. And poor Florida, Jesus, if I live there right now, oh, my gosh, I would literally be running to get out of that state because the government there is so petty and just irresponsible to the point where they're more concerned about what, whether or not they made poor decisions, whether it can then accept that they made poor decisions and that they need to move on and try to get in front of this. So what, what's, I guess, more, more shocking, you know, to me is that people are act, acting as if your state or your city is in a bubble that it's just you, as if people don't travel, you know, people don't travel from Houston to Dallas or, you know, other places. So I agree with you, Shanessa, when you say there should be a federal plan, because if everybody's doing something different, how how do you resolve an issue? I'm, I'm not exactly sure how you do that if the Mayor Turner is doing something different than the Mayor of Dallas and, and so on and so forth, then then how do we come to one accord to say, guess what, there's only one disease that and we're trying to stop at this moment. Trying to stop this way. So, again, that's, that's the reason why things are not effective. Here in the Dallas area, you have Dallas, Tarrant County, and you have McKinney, who's in Collin County, a city, a lone city in one county, in one county has said masks are required. Parent County has said masks are required. 
all the surrounding cities in in Collin County have said, no, masks are not required. So how exactly do those communities coexist when they are sharing the same businesses, they're sharing some of the same schools? It does not make sense to allow all this individualism to drive whether or not we are going to survive this. Right. And there's no and there's no cure. There's no vaccine. There's no protocol right now. And this yeah. is how we're behaving. Right. Literally right. are just keeping you comfortable and trying to keep you from dying. Yeah. There's right. literally no treatment. Yeah, I also think that it's either, you know, growing up, my auntie would say you're either in or out. There's no going in and out of the house, letting the cold air out. I think when it comes to a lot of this <laughs> stuff, some of it doesn't, it's like halfway. It's like, well, restaurants can be open, but only at 50% capacity. Let's be honest, okay? If you close <laughs> off a couple of the booths at Chili's, okay, and do everything else the same, okay? Guess what? You really, you really haven't minimized the the impact that much. Like it's got to, it's either shut it down, have you know, so where people can survive, and then figure it out. You know, I, I will say when it came to, I thought the thing instead of allowing businesses to just die out and then people getting unemployment, I think it was really smart for them to do the the payroll thing. I thought that was really smart mm-hmm. because, in effect, you're still allowing people to keep their jobs. The companies are staying open, but is that sustainable? I mean, they can print money for other stuff. You know, why not let let this thing really shut down, none of this halfway stuff? But here's the challenge to that, Darrell. Had we agreed to a federal lockdown of 60 days, okay, across the entire country with people just leaving their home if they were essential workers, frontline workers, or you needed groceries and supplies, had we adhered to that, we would be in a better place. None of us, the the longest that was adhered to was New York and Michigan, followed by Ohio, I'm sorry, Ohio, New York, and Michigan, and Illinois, who had these 60 plus days. But again, the rest of us, like Texas was on a lot, on a stay at home order for 30, less than 30 days. Like we couldn't, we couldn't even sustain that. If we had done just that concerted together, we could have really lessen the death toll, and we could have actually stopped all these hot spot surges. But now what are we going to do? Now none of the Republican governors want to be the first to say, I'm locking it down, when they had a pass when the federal government said lock it down. Right. So there is another layer to this, Um surge or uh, the second wave, so to speak. Now, what do you both, and I want to know um, from both of you, uh, there's a rumor going around that the, the, the surge or the second wave, in particular in Houston, um, but all across the country, was caused uh, by the protest. So what do you, uh, Darrell, say to that? I would agree that it had to have at least, even if it's just 1%, I would agree that, in particular, the one that was sponsored by the city of Houston where 60,000 people were at Discovery Green, and I'm looking and I'm like, okay, you know, what's interesting, the the mayor's press secretary, she actually commented on my post and she was like, well, Darrell, if, you know, we had canceled these things, you'd be complaining about that too. And I was like, you know what, Mary Benton? You're right. I'm a citizen. I get to do that. But it's worse for the city to put it on in the middle because here's what happens. We're, we're on one hand, we're saying shut everything down. This is really serious. You have the mayor who's, uh, you know, pointing out these businesses just the week before 
where, where he made the whole snitching comment about, like, he's asking people to snitch. Literally, a week later, the city is putting on this, in my opinion, propaganda rally because the rally was to rally against police brutality and the mayor and the police chief are speaking where they do that at. Um, but, no, I, I will say I do think that it, it contributed to it. And then it's hard to then turn around and tell people, okay, now, Y'all lock it back down. Like, no, we were just playing volleyball down at Discovery Green. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it doesn't make Good sense. And I, I agree. So, so I, I do not think that the um, protests are the cause of the surge. Um, I don't think we have um, enough evidence to suggest that because when I look at the demography of those individuals who are being impacted and where they actually live in correlation to where the protests happen, they're not, that's not who is impacted. It is not, while the numbers are climbing for the 18 to 34 segment um, in Houston, you guys have cases that are higher on 35 to 49 in those that live primarily outside of the city. I would correlate the surge to the opening of rafting and tubing places where people are right up on top of each other drinking. I would liken it to the opening of bars and the fact that restaurants are a per square footage business. And I can tell you not one restaurant that I'm aware of, Subway or otherwise, can operate at a 50% capacity. That place was built based on, that place was built based on productivity by square footage. And I can tell you, particularly with small business owners, they're not going to adhere to that if they have people waiting outside to eat at their restaurant. So... There is a combination. My, my thoughts is there is a combination of all of it. it. It's as if everybody at one point said, you know what, COVID-19 is unreal. It is not here. I don't believe in it. You, you, you have so many different layers to how this second wave happened. And I think there is a little bit of both going on in terms of the protests and people being out and being around so many people at one time. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use the term blame because I, I know that that's the rumor, but I wouldn't use the term blame. I would just well, say, I, and we can make can this into to a different word, study. semantics. But I can point you to three I would studies say that, that God. Go ahead. I can point you to three studies I, I think that it's says, a combination. Well, I look at Minneapolis, look at D.C., look at Detroit. You're not seeing rises. You're seeing other rises in Michigan, like an outbreak from a big bar party that went from Lansing mm-hmm. to Gross Point. Um, but you're not seeing, and, and that could be twofold. Honestly, you, you could be right that it's there. We don't have adequate testing in our communities anyway to actually make sure that we are getting tested. Um, so, I don't know if we know for sure yet, but you're you're right. There could be some. I just don't think it's the yeah. source of the, of all. Exactly, I, I agree with that. I, I don't think it's the only, you know, reason. I don't believe it's the only reason, and so people are looking at that and saying, okay, well, you guys did this rally. You, you guys are protesting and all of these things. So um, it must be safe. Why do I need to wear a mask? Because people are, you, you've seen it, you've seen all of the videos where people are yelling that they have um, a right not to wear the mask, yet they still wear a belt. Another issue that I have. So what do you guys say to those people who say, look, this is America, I am free to wear a mask if I want to, and that's just how it is in my life and in my world. This is what I'm going to do. Because there are people who are actually suing the government and different entities and counties and local governments for this right to not wear a mask 
but nobody's suing for a right not to wear a seatbelt. Now, is there a difference, and why are we seeing this? So here's where this this administration has done such a horrible job of handling this crisis. This administration jumped up and down and screamed on March 8th through the 14th that face coverings and masks will not protect you from Mm COVID-19. The Surgeon General jumped up and down, made videos, I can forward to you, who said, stop buying masks, you know, from medical professionals, and they don't help you. That was drilled into us at the very beginning of this crisis. Now, here you are, six weeks, I'm sorry, eight weeks later, oh, a mask is mandatory. Had you not played politics because you didn't have the stockpiles that the medical community needed in order to fight on the front lines, so you decided that you were going to lie to the American public and tell them that face coverings could not help them, because that's exactly what you did. You politicized the issue, and the demand went down so that you could increase your stockpile. And then when you felt comfortable, you decided to come back and say, yeah, it might be a good idea for you to wear a mask. He's a damn doctor. He knows very well that he doesn't go into a room with a sick person. He doesn't go into a room to see a patient who's infected with a highly contagious virus without a mask. So why exactly would it not help us? He's a doctor. What do you say to those people who who say, I have a right not to wear a mask, and, you know, if you don't like it, just you go somewhere else. I can go wherever I want to. I think at the end of the day, like, those are the same people who don't use their blinker or don't cough into their elbow. I think at the end of the day, you know, (laughs) I'll tell you, I I did a Facebook post the other day where I was pointing out the fact now my checklist, it's usually phone, keys, wallet, phone, keys, wallet. And so the other day I walk out of my house, I get in the elevator, I'm in the elevator's going down to the parking garage, and this lady gets on and she gives me that look of disgust because I don't have my mask on, and I've forgotten it in the house, but now I kind of have to go down to the car. I mean, I'm on now, you know, and so I just kind of told her, you know, my bad, I left my mask, you know, I have another in the car, but it's it's going to happen, and I think, you know, they're just horrible human beings in the world that we just have to put up with. I don't think there should be criminal penalty, because we know who those usually end up impacting more, and is what it is. People are just, you know, I, I'm making sure I have mine on, you know, when, when I can. And, you know, they're going to be foolish people. There are people who voted for Trump, you know. <laughs> I saw something really oh funny on the, on the same, on the same <laughs> line. I saw something really funny. It said, it said, um, I used to feel silly wearing a mask outside, but just think, there are people who actually wear TSU shirts. And that made me, that gave me a hearty chuckle. <laughs> oh, my God. We love you, TSU. We do. <laughs> wow. Um, one one change that, that I did see and I do appreciate, I went to um, a place of business, and um, they all had masks on, and it was interesting because one of the young ladies came out to see me, and she said, oh, yeah, we got to wear a mask. I said, yeah, I know. I told you guys months ago to wear a mask, you know, but you didn't want to wear one. And so it was hmm. just interesting. Now they see you you had to have, I guess, the government tell you when I've been telling you for months to wear a mask and you want to kind of sit me in a certain area, you know, so so that you guys feel comfortable and nobody else in here is wearing a mask. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it it was just interesting because I just smiled and said, yeah, so now all of you have to have one. Mm -hmm. Jesus just does not want to listen. 
So, and, and it's much like the country and a lot of people in this country who don't want to listen and just say, you know, it, it's, it's better for everybody if we all wear these masks and do whatever it is we need to do in order mm-hmm. to assist, you know, our neighbors and everyone else. And that's one thing, um, Darrell, you were bringing up, you know, when we had Harvey and Ike and all of the other things that happened here in Houston, people stepped up to help their neighbors, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and it was, it and it was real. It wasn't, you know, I know sometimes television and the media paint this, you know, idyllic picture that's usually a lie, but I have to say, you know, from personal experience, people really stepped up that you probably didn't talk to as long as you lived in that neighborhood, but a lot of people stepped up to help their neighbor. And that's something that I'm hoping that we really do see, you know, that we see in the coming days, not weeks or months, in the coming days that people will start to wear their masks and be cognizant of others around them because you don't know what the next person is going through physically, mentally, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so very so true. In terms of the next step, short of a stay-at-home order, what do you guys predict will be the next step, um, not only for the city of Houston and Texas, but the country as a whole within the next week or so? What do you see are the next steps for the government to make? So here's where I'm I'm literally, like, I'm furious with the federal government as a whole, all parties, mm-hmm. even if you ain't in a party, you're independent, Tea Party, whatever you think you are. Um, the reality is we are we are losing people and we are struggling and suffering because mm-hmm. ineptitude at every possible level. And while the Democrats might think that this is a great strategy to win in November, um, mm-hmm. by letting the death stack up and letting the unemployment rise to historic levels and letting people get evicted from their homes now and, and all these other things. Um, we as a people, and I think this doctor said it best this morning, he said, stop listening to the politicians and listen to the scientists. Look yes. at the data. Walk away from the people who have made us pawns in their game because that's really what we are. Mm-hmm. What's next for us, short, there will be a shutdown order. Governor Hot Wheels, sorry, he irritates my soul. Um, <laughs> Governor Abbott, is it literally will kill him to, to do that stay-at-home order, but it needs to happen. And I just want to point out to you guys that on March 8th, March 8th is when the federal government asked us to stay at home. Governor Mm -hmm. Abbott did not issue an executive order until March 24th. So let me be very clear when I say he has been dragging his feet literally and figuratively, but he's only thought about money from day one. And now you have all these businesses that, yeah, there are going to be some failed businesses who will not come back. It's just going to happen. I'm sorry. It's going to happen. But band-aiding it now by just saying, oh, do 25%, 50%, these people can't even survive on that. Right. Right. So we have to come back again with what is a concerted plan? Every last one of the shitty plans, excuse my language, that the Republican governors have taken forward have been shitty, and we are all in a bad place. Georgia's not even reporting their numbers anymore. They're just cooking the books as gen- in general. We need to demand a, a federal, top-down, national plan. I do not care if the occupant of the Oval says he's not going to wear a mask and he can get tested daily while he won't even – he doesn't even care if we get tested once. I do not care yeah. about that so we shouldn't care. We all should be lobbying and, and pushing and prodding everyone to come together for a what is our top-down plan. And if it's stay-at-home the entire month of July, 
didn't stay at home the entire month of July. Jerome? I mean, at this point, the, similar to what Janessa said, there's, they're just going to have to set it down. I mean, there's no other way. You know, the rest of the world is looking at when have we ever been on these lists, right? Yes. When? Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when have we exactly. ever? I mean, that's, that's it, bad. It, you, you think that's bad? Literally, the American team, I'm on the Athena International COVID-19 team. We had a meeting this morning, and they were like, yeah, U.S. team, sit this one out. Wow. We're, we're, we're not on the day to gather the team. You're, like, you're on no, JV. Right <laughs> we, we are on the yeah, I mean, team. And guess what? I'm not mad. I'm yeah. not mad. Yeah. I mean, and it, I think it really shows, you know how you always kind of had comfort that there was, like, some kind of plan. I talk about this often, you know, working Hurricane Ike. I was, you know, at the prison and I just remember they wheeled in these the big oil, oil barrel looking things full of fresh water, and they were all. I mean, they thought, "Hey, we had generators." I was like, "Whoa!" Like somebody pulled a binder down off some bookshelf and said, "You know, enact Plan B," and it just rolled into place. And I'm just shocked that I guess I'm not shocked because our healthcare we don't really have a healthcare system. We have an emergency room exactly. system. And so, so, you know, you have people whose only access to care is to go and sit in a weight room and, I mean, every angle of our response, yeah, for 10 hours, every angle of this is exacerbating the problem. Appears to be a plan. And the plan, as, as you've stated, Janessa, is us being the pawns in the plan because we can step back. If we step back and we look at the major players, and, of course, they're all politicians in this, and Mm -hmm. we have one end that's fueling uh, uh, the flames and just saying, okay, let's do some race stuff, you know, because if they hate each other, they'll never look at what we're doing. (laughs) We'll just create Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm not saying racism is a distraction. Just follow me on this. So we're Mm going to have these people fighting one another. So because Mm -hmm. we're fighting one another, we don't hear each other. We can speak in perfect sentences. The structure is excellent. But yet because they've said you don't, you're not supposed to like this person and this person is not supposed to like you. All right, we have that going. Now we have COVID-19 going. We didn't manufacture it to some of them. It's a gift because now the Democrats believe, okay, we're, there's no way we can lose. And, of course, mm-hmm. we have a president who we knew he was not able to lead the first day in office. So I feel as if, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, but I feel as if the people in charge have a plan, and that plan is to keep their job, even if we lose ours. I want to keep oh, yeah. my job in Congress. I want to keep the best health care plan in Congress because guess what? I can get tested every day, mm-hmm. and I have a beach home that I can go to to stay away from my family if I need to be quarantined. Mm-hmm. Now, those right. people who have relatives that live with them that can't go anywhere else, too bad, because right. they're getting in the way of this plan that we have for November. See, Governor mm-hmm. Abbott doesn't come up for re-election until 2022, I do believe. 22, right, 2022. Correct. But, so but, he but, has two so years for everybody right. to forget this. Yeah. Right. But Texas is very soft right now, and – that's why you're going to start to see more Trump ads, as we've already seen. Um, he's wasting all his Facebook money on me, child. I don't know who told him something because he, he knows. What <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I tried to tell him, you wasting your, your money over here, player. Um, so oh, my God. <laughs> um, and rightfully so, because you're going to have 
if you don't, I mean, look at the number of Democratic mayors that you have in a Republican-controlled state. There right. is the potential for softness. There is the potential, even with all the gerrymandering, um, even with all the cheating, with all the all the voter suppression, even with all of those tactics, mm-hmm. you still have Democratic mayors of some of the largest cities in Texas. So there is some softness, and we know there's softness. So, but I think that the one thing we have not talked about is the racism that is has literally partnered up with COVID-19 because Mm -hmm. you have people out here behaving as if this is the black and brown disease um, because we just happen to be on the front line in service industries, um, contracting it quicker, faster, earlier, can't stay at home, I've got to work and be around 50 million people every Mm -hmm. week or what have you. So it is this perception that my little blonde child is not going to get sick, or I'm 24 and I'm white, I'm not going to get sick, or I'm 45 and I'm white, I'm not going to get sick. I literally have a former colleague whose husband is 60, was in a coma seven weeks ago with COVID-19, and he literally was out at a restaurant last Saturday. Neither one of them had on a mask. Neither one of them. But see, and that that that's aligned with there is a plan. It's just not a plan that benefits, and I'm I don't mean just African Americans. It doesn't benefit Americans. It benefits right. those right. that are at the top, that are leaders in in uh, Congress. And again, they're going to keep their job for some reason. We we still are saying Democrats versus Republicans and all of that instead of saying hey. All of you that are in Congress, all of you that are supposed to represent us, what are you doing? I don't care if you're a Democrat. You are supposed to be responsible because that's how we voted for you, to be responsible. So here we are, again, that that divide and conquer tactic is working in all aspects. So this is perfect for them. I agree, but what I'm saying to you, though, is you have this this whole perspective because the administration pushed it out there that people are mm-hmm. being more impacted. So there is this certain um, what I would call um, invincibility that has grown yes. among the population, even those that are over 50 and 60 who are in high-risk categories because it was positioned that we were dying faster, quicker, and it was hurting us more. And I even, you know, I I literally had to say to someone, um, to a teacher, to talk to a parent because on my son, one of my son's class, the one little white boy said, why are we being punished for what's happening to Black people. Wow. Wow. Because there's this sense of I'm being punished because it's not happening directly to me right now. So why do I have to adhere to being quarantined or I can't play sports? What he's failing to realize and his parents have failed to teach him is that he is just as vulnerable, vulnerable and he is just as susceptible to a disease as anyone else. That's right. Okay. So where do we go? So I'm not sure. Where do we go? How do we go beyond our words? And I know we've discussed this before, but we're, this. we're at a critical, critical stage. I will say this. Stop waiting for someone to save you. you. We have got to save ourselves. We have to listen to the science, follow mm-hmm. through, if we don't have face masks, let's do some bandanas. Let's do whatever we can to protect us. And we know that more of us are out here having to work. We can't. We don't have the luxury of working from home. So let's try to help each other and how to have have to protect each other. Like right now, I'm organizing with a group of women in our community. Like, how can we help with childcare with each other without putting each other at mm. risk? I don't know That's how we don't do it. I don't. I don't, but you know what? I know there's some single mothers 
in our in my mom's group and in my community who need to have alternatives and to feel like she has somebody to help her versus I'm just here by myself and I'm not figuring not able to figure this out. Darrell, how do we go beyond words? I think everyone needs to, just like Janessa said, like we're the ones we're waiting for. I would say, you know, don't wait on the governor to tell you to wear a face mask. Wear your face mask. Stay in the house. Um, and, And be smart about it. Like, I have a feeling we're about to go into another shutdown. Like, the writing is on the wall. So I've been ordering you know, my stuff on Amazon, my non-perishables, just in case, who knows, months from now, we may look back in the days that we could go to the grocery store. Because even mm-hmm. during this, what happens when, you know, I'm not in, into medicine at all, but what happens if this morphs and there's another strain that's now impacting other people, right, that that weren't hurt in the first strain? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, so before I, we go, we oh, actually have a we have a I caller. Have, oh, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. We have uh, mm-hmm. no, that's okay. We have a caller. Mike is on the line, and we'll see what he um, has to say. Hold one second, Mike. Yes, uh, thank, yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much for taking my call. You know, uh, the question is. Uh, very important. The first time when the COVID hit United States, uh, <clears throat> what happened? Uh, Donald J. Trump waited so long to close borderlines, close uh, all mm-hmm. necessity uh, places, and now it's uh, or whether is the end of the first wave, beginning of second second wave. Uh, so uh, basically. We have the same issue. They need to close all the border lines first. We don't want mm-hmm. anybody to come here to reinfect us. That's number one. Number two, uh, right? Uh, I mean, number two is, again, we have to basically serious this time to shut everything down. And again, we have to go to square one, unfortunately and then pick up from there. But uh, by the election time, 80% of the United States people will have COVID-19. Go ahead, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything uh, you uh, said is I believe that. Uh, yes. Uh, the reason is very clear, because one person can infect 405 uh, uh, mm-hmm. people and, and multiply it, you see how many people have got it so far, and each one multiplied by 400, and right now 30% of the, if there's not more, of the U.S. population is already infected and they're not knowing it. And they'll keep infecting others, infecting others, infecting others, and this back and forth is going to be pretty much there is not going to be election either due to COVID, uh, a, 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 a state of super, super emergency in the United States. Go ahead, please. Mm. Yeah. Darrell, do you have any response to that? No, I, I would agree. I think, you know, more has to be done. You know, I don't, I don't have any answers further I think I would I would have hoped that those in quote-unquote power would have you know been looking at the levers and looking at you know the the measuring tools to decide which levers to pull and which doors to close but apparently not no because they just h1b visas which is the most widely used visa by primary care physicians who come here to serve in this country and currently, we have 12, we need 12,000 primary care physicians to service the U.S. And our president made a decision that he was creating jobs by banning that visa because somehow wow. the person who was backing shirts at Gap last week is somehow going to step into this open role of mm. a physician. And, and it's just not going to happen. 
And what did the company hmm. do who had those open jobs? Canceled the job. Hmm. Uh, absolutely right. Work. You are right. Both of you are right. Absolutely right. Donna Jacob unfortunately do anything to reelect. But even for the price of the people die, millions of people die in the United States of America. This is selfishness, this is arrogance, this is unacceptable for a person that, you know, uh, unfortunately when they report to him about the situation about Russia, uh, the paying of uh, Taliban to kill US soldiers, he said Nothing. Uh, you know, this is a this president has no and uh, nothing interest in the people of the United States. He has accept his own pockets. And if you go to YouTube and type global reset into lock a dash down for all, there is a big um, two hours uh, dialogue, and you will find out why we need global shutdown because yep. mm-hmm. this COVID-19 is not going to go away unless we bring it into uh, control and uh, any vaccine that he wants to give us, you remember he said he's going to mobilize his army to give us a vaccine, any kind of vaccine that he's giving us is null and void because Vaccines take five to eight years to build, especially this virus, this virus that is mutated already. And most probably in China, right now is the shutdown. Another shutdown is in progress. And so, you know, we can see you cannot just say, oh, by end of this year or start of next year, I, everybody will get vaccine, everybody happy. Everything will be back normal. We never go back to normal for the, another 10 years. Go ahead, please. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Mike, thank you so much for adding your voice to the conversation and certainly continue to call in. We appreciate your comments. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate you. All right. All right. Thanks. Well, uh, Mike certainly expressed what we've been talking about um, for the duration of the show. It's it's interesting how leadership is not leading and thinking that they're fooling the rest of us. We're all aware of what's happening. We just have to make sure that um, we go beyond words and we vote. We go beyond words and we try to reach out to our neighbors and see, as Janessa is doing, how we can help one another. We go beyond words and we wear masks. We make sure we complete the census. Make sure you complete the census. Let me say that again. Make sure you complete the census um, because that's about representation in our community. Well, that's one of the uh, portions of the census. So Mm -hmm. we have to continue to go beyond words in doing this and continue to do what Darrell is doing uh, on his front, um, what he's doing with his organization. So we we have to keep doing that and we have to keep sharing the information um, through our social media channels from Twitter to uh, Facebook. Um, If you're open to sharing Darrell as well as Shanessa, tell us how people can connect with you. I know you've said it before, but for those who have not um, been aware how can they connect with you, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, whichever one you feel comfortable with sharing? Yep, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Chinessa. It's C-H-I-N-I-S-S-A. And for me, uh, the best way <laughs> is uh, email, uh, org. Or I am Darrell with seven L's, so that's D-U-R-R-E-L-L-L-L-L-L-L-L <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, that is my favorite. I was waiting for the seven L's. <laughs> waiting. <laughs> waiting for the seven L's in Darrell. But I want to thank you guys as always, the host of Beyond Words, Janessa White and Darrell Douglas, 
for taking us beyond words in, in the midst of this pandemic and giving us facts and information that we need and that we can use um, as we, you know, survive this whole situation. And we're going to come out on the other end of it. And I'm looking forward to that portion um, happening soon. But, of course, we all know what's happening in America. So thank you guys so much for being here, as always, here on Beyond Words with Shanessa White and Darrell Douglas, right here on your 15 Minutes Radio Network. Thank you, guys, and we'll talk next week. Interested in advertising? Advertise today on the number one online radio network for entrepreneurs, your 15 Minutes Radio Network. Contact us at advertise at your15minutesradio.com.